school supplies, backpacks, uh, up until that date, and we'll make sure it gets to the right place. That's all I have for announcements, so let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship as we stand and sing our first song. salvation and 
your people sing along so remember your people remember your children remember your promise oh God your grace is enough your grace is enough your grace is enough for me your grace is enough your grace is enough your grace is enough for me your grace is enough heaven reaching down to us your grace is enough for me your grace is enough i'm covered in your love your grace is enough for me
It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. also with you. O Lord, grant us wisdom to recognize the treasures you have stored up for us in heaven, that we may never despair and always rejoice and be thankful for the riches of your grace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The congregation may be seated as we invite the kids to head out to the kids' church. So, little ones, we call Cindy up back there as we continue with our readings. The Old Testament reading comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out wisdom by all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of men to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity in a striving after wind. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me, and who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun, 
because sometimes a person who had toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This, is, this also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God, gave, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting, only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading comes from Colossians chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immortality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and conventiousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Soul is required. 
And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself, and is not rich for God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Maybe see it as we see.
Good morning. I'm Pastor John. You are blessed to have uh, such a great, great praise team uh, this morning, last evening. Uh, it's been wonderful worshiping here with you and uh, joy to be with you. Uh, my name is uh, Pastor John Lang, and uh, I've been a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pastor uh, for about as long as Pastor Scott. He graduated from seminary one year ahead of me. So uh, it was good to see him again, be with him, and uh, also to meet Pastor Aaron. Didn't get to meet Pastor Mike this weekend, but uh, you're blessed to have the pastors that you do. I was listening to some messages on the way here, some sermons on the way in, just to hear their words and speaking the truth in love. And uh, good on them and good on you to be here listening to God's word and letting that word penetrate your hearts and have an impact and continue to shape your mind and your life and your heart uh, according to the, the words of Christ Jesus, uh, our Lord. And so I want to thank all of you and especially the pastors for the opportunity to be here today and uh, commend them for their service here. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Ever have one of those days where just everything went right, and uh, you're, you're leaning back, and you're thinking, man, what a great day. Maybe, uh, maybe you got to go out golfing with some buddies. Maybe you're at home uh, out on the grill making some, a meal for your family. Uh, maybe it was Christmas time, and you had everybody gathered around, and you're just thinking, wow, I wish this day could just last a little longer. I'm just going to enjoy it as long as I can. Those days are great, aren't they? But there's a problem if we forget who those days come from and that they're a gift from God, that they're a blessing from God. In our uh, reading for today, our gospel reading, Jesus told a parable and he warned against forgetting God in the midst of enjoying the blessings that he's given us. Pastor Scott assured me that uh, ascension is a very giving, very generous congregation. And I'm sure he, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you, just like Paul in his, in his letters. And, uh, and, and that's commendable. And at the same time, isn't it true that each of us, we need that, we need that word of God to, to shine his light on us, to, to reveal anything in us that uh, may need uh, to be repented of and may need to be uh, put to right in his eyes. And so today we're going to be looking at this message from Luke chapter 12, uh, 13 to 21, and just invite you to ask God to let his light shine into your heart and just straighten out anything in you. And if there's anything you need to repent of, to do that today as well, and to ask God uh, for his mercy and grace, which is new every morning. Um, after this uh, message on Luke 12, I'm going to share just a little bit with you on uh, the work of the Mission of Christ Network uh, and the opportunity in China that Pastor Aaron was uh, mentioning earlier. So in Luke chapter 12, verse 13, we see, let's see if I can get this to work. Probably help if I turn it on. There we go. Luke chapter 12, verse 13, we see someone in the crowd saying to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Uh, he, this man had, a, had an issue. His parents had given his brother the inheritance. He hadn't received his share, and he was upset. Now, the context for this uh, text, for this uh, portion of Luke, is that Jesus had just been speaking to the crowd, to a large crowd, and he had been warning them about the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They were saying one thing but doing another. And he was uh, also, in the passage just before this one, he had said, he had been referring to himself as the son of man. 
He had said, the Son of Man. And we may be like, oh, okay. But the Son of Man is a title in the Old Testament used to refer to the Messiah. What Jesus is saying just before this man's request was, I'm the Son of Man. I'm the Messiah. And yet the man's question doesn't, it reveals that he didn't understand who Jesus was. The man was looking at Jesus like a Pharisee or, or teacher of the law who would make judgments on day-to-day activities. He wasn't seeing Jesus for who he was as the Son of God. He said, teacher, tell my brother divide the inheritance. Got an issue here. Help me out. And Jesus' response shows him that he isn't a Pharisee or teacher of the law. He's much more than that. He came as the promised Messiah. And there's some irony in this statement in Jesus' question, who made me a judge of you? The irony is that God the Father made his son, Jesus, the judge. He will return as our judge on judgment day. And yet the man didn't recognize him. So then Jesus addresses the whole crowd. He says, take care, be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. Jesus diagnosed the real problem here in the man's request, and it was a problem of his heart. It was something called covetousness. It's one of the top ten sins. It's in the Ten Commandments. You shall not covet. And in fact, in our reading from Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, I don't know if you caught it, but Paul states that covetousness is idolatry. He equates covetousness with idolatry, the number one sin. You shall have no other gods before me. So, how is that? Why is covetous? I mean, it doesn't seem that bad to us, right? I mean, hey, that, that'd be nice to have that, or man, I wish I had that, which is what covetous is, wanting something that, that you don't have, or wanting something that belongs to someone else. But when we do that, when we allow that little question, oh, or that thought to enter into our hearts, into our minds, what we're saying is, essentially, God, I'm not satisfied with what you've given me. I mean, it's, it's okay, but I really want that over there. That's what I really want. And when we do that, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we are literally placing an idol in our hearts in the place of God. We're saying, I want that. I want that. That's more important to me. And Jesus warns, be on your guard. Look, it's dangerous. It's idolatry. And what, the young, what this man who was asking for his inheritance was dealing with was an issue of idolatry in his heart. So Jesus then told the, the crowd a parable. And it was a parable of a man who, uh, he had a, a, some land that produced plentifully, a large crop. And he thought to himself, well, what should I do? I don't have anywhere to store my crop. I'm sure this has happened to many farmers. Are there any farmers here today or people who grew up on a farm? A few. So maybe you've had a really good year before, and you're like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? You know, what am I going to do with this grain? What am I going to do with this corn? What am I going to do with these beans? And uh, we see here that the land produced the crop. Of course, he worked the land, right? You don't get a harvest without working hard to, to receive that harvest. But the point here is that his abundance... The harvest was a gift from God. It ultimately came from the Creator, but He doesn't acknowledge it. He doesn't acknowledge God's goodness or give back to God from His plenty or give to the needy. Instead, He says, 
I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I'll store all my grain and my goods. He had perfectly good barns. He had much more than he needed, but he tore them down to make bigger ones. And then he says to himself, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. I'm going to relax, eat, drink, be merry. And from these words, we see where he put his trust. He put his trust in his riches, in his wealth. He's like, I've got all this wealth. I'm going to be good for years. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. His trust was in his wealth. And where a person puts his or her trust is their God. Where you put your trust is your God. And we all have to be on guard against that, that we don't put our trust in anything other than the true God, that we don't put our trust in wealth or riches or savings or IRAs or whatever it might be. Those are all good things. The Proverbs, you know, say a wise man stores up for, for the future. That's nothing wrong with that. It's wise. However, that's not where our trust is to be. Our trust must be in God, not in our wealth, not in our riches. It really is idolatry. So God, in this parable, says to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you've prepared, whose will they be? God shows the man that the things in which he placed his trust are ultimately worthless. They mean nothing. Just like the author of Ecclesiastes, uh, commonly understood to be uh, Solomon. Solomon had so many riches, and at the end of his life, he's like, it's meaningless. All the man's wealth, who would get it? Uh, Recently, I was driving through Tennessee. My daughter, uh, Catherine, my middle daughter, uh, just graduated with her MBA, and she's heading to a new job that she got in Idaho, and uh, she needed to move everything out of her apartment, so I took a trailer down, loaded it up, and uh, I always like to read up on the area that that I'm going through, and she's been in, down in uh, Tennessee for the last four years, five years. But uh, I was reading about uh, President Andrew Jackson, fourth pre- the seventh president of the United States from 1829 to 1837. After his presidency, he built up a big acreage down in, near Nashville, Tennessee, over 1,000 acres, uh, which at that time was one of the largest plantations in the area, over 100 slaves to work it. And at his death, it went to his son. He didn't have any natural surviving children. It was, a, it was an adopted son. Within 30 years, all of it, unfortunately, had been sold off due to, to debt and um, some bad investments. He worked so hard to develop this big plantation, this big thing, and within 30 years, it was gone. Jesus said, so is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. You see, more money is not the answer to our life's problems. You can just... Uh, go online and search for people who've won the lottery and regret it. And if you've ever done that, it is so sad to read what has happened in these people's lives. So many of them. They've either been killed or they've been stolen from or they've just made foolish uh, life lessons. And so many of them say, I wish I never had this money. It's caused me more problems than I, I ever had before. Although we may think that a greater income would solve our problems. The answer to our life's problems doesn't have to do, isn't solved by money. It has to do with what's in our hearts and what Jesus has done to rescue us from our our heart problem. So three principles from Luke chapter 12. The first, when you approach Jesus, recognize who he is. 
He's not just a, a great teacher. He's just not a moral example that we should pattern our life after. He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. Recognize who he is and listen to him as such. Second, another principle from this reading, do not covet the things of this world. They have no lasting value. It's an issue of the heart. Do not allow idolatry to take up residence in your heart. And third, as Jesus said, give generously to God. Why is this important? Because when we do so, uh, it puts things into priority. When we put the first things first, like you're here this morning, beginning of your week, it's commendable. You're putting first things first. You're putting the big thing in the bucket so that all the small things can fit. This is the big thing. And the same with our giving. When we give first to God, when we give our tithe, our offering, when we give out of what is first and best, everything else will fall into place. You'll find for yourself. And those of you who are tithers, you know it's true. You put the first things first, everything else he'll take care of. And I could just end the sermon here and kind of be a good law sermon, right? But it's not about the law. The law is not going to change us. When we recognize who Jesus is, the Son of God, that he left heaven's glory to live a life of total poverty on the earth that he created, he gave up everything he had, he paid the ultimate price, his life, for the world's sin, for your sin and mine. And we realize, wow, thank you, Jesus. And it's not a have to. It's not, oh, yes, I should do this. It's God it's all yours. I want to give back to you. I want to, I want to praise you with this, not just my voice, not just my singing, with my life, with my, you know, the first and the best of what you've given to me. And this is our motivation, not compulsion, but out of love, love for God and love that he puts into our hearts for our neighbor. Maybe you've struggled with this. You know, maybe you've struggled with this giving thing, and maybe you're struggling with it right now today. Um, like, oh, I know what he's saying is right, or yeah, that that's, sounds right, but mm, this is hard. A while back, I was in Colorado visiting my mother-in-law, and there had been a lot of rain, a lot of ice and snow. And I was spinning my tires. I wasn't going anywhere. I was slowly starting to go into the ditch. Maybe, maybe you've had a similar experience. And then all of a sudden, I pushed the little four-wheel drive button. Guess what? No problem. So maybe you've been trying to, to get after this tithe issue or giving God your first and best with your own efforts. Push the button. <laughs> In other words, ask God to help you with it. Because it's something that we can't deal with on our own. We can't solve on our own. But guess what? God has the power to change our hearts and to put him first so that we can put him first in our lives. And so how do we give what are ways that the Bible describes that we can give generously to God? One is through our tithe. And in the Old Testament, that was, you know, 10% off the top, the uh, best of what God has given to us. In addition, the Old Testament and the New Testament both talk about tithes and offerings. So that we, in addition to our tithe, we also, out of, you know, the blessings God's given us, we bring him our offerings. And then, uh, third, we help our neighbor and the poor. Jesus said, as you've done it unto the least of these, You've done it unto me. As we go about seeking to help the poor in large ways and small, we're giving generously to God. We're giving to Jesus. And fourth, mission support. In Philippians 4.18, we read the Christians in Philippi sent gifts to Paul to support him. He describes their gifts as a sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. 
which leads me to, to why I'm here in Wichita with you. And I love your community. I wouldn't mind living here myself someday. It's a beautiful community. This is my family. My wife is in the bottom right corner, or well, next to my daughter. And uh, that's my daughter-in-law on the left side, top left, and my kids. And they are, are all natural children, except the middle one, uh, although they all look different <laughs> from each other. The middle one is happy. She's from China. Uh, she's from a city called Hangzhou, and it's to the west of Shanghai, uh, kind of in the middle of uh, the middle and the eastern part of China. She came to live with our family a uh, year before last because she needed a home to stay in. She was studying at our son's uh, high school, Lutheran High School in Edwardsville, Illinois. And uh, her former host family wasn't able to keep her for another year. She wanted to stay on another year. So my wife and I were like, okay, we have an extra room. We can take her in. We took her in. She had been learning about Christianity in high school the year before, but she hadn't really committed herself to believing in uh, God and the Lord Jesus and during the time that she was with us, going to church, asking questions, really struggling with our youth leader about what's this all about, she, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the work in God's word, opened her heart to receive Jesus as her Savior and was baptized, the baptized believer, a fellow sister in Christ. This past year, uh, she went to a Christian university. She wants to serve God with her life. And this summer, uh, she went with a group from her school to uh, Jordan, Middle, Middle East, she got stuck over there. She didn't have the right vaccine to get back to the U.S. She had to get vaccinated. While she was there, she was sharing her faith with Muslims. God is sending us all around the world to bring Christ to others. And I appreciate your support of me to do that very much. But he's also sending people right here. And there are people here in Wichita from all over the world. And God wants you to love them and show them him and bring his good news to them. And we all have the opportunities to do that. I encourage you to find those opportunities, look for those opportunities. That's happy. When we think about God's mission, it's God's mission. And every organization, your church, most organizations, maybe the company you work for has a mission statement. If I were to think of what is Jesus' mission statement, it would be this from Luke 19.10. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's his mission. And his vision statement, what, what is this heading for? What are we trying to accomplish here? I think can no better be stated than Revelation 7, 9 to 10. I looked and behold a great multitude no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Brothers and sisters in Christ, for eternity we're going to be with people from all over the world, all different languages, all different tribes, all different skin colors. And we're going to be worshiping God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together with this beautiful song. And if that maybe rubs you the wrong way, you know, get used to it because we're going to be spending eternity together, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. This is what uh, Jesus envisions, and it's what's going to happen. So how does this work? How do we get from the mission to the vision? Romans 10, 14 says, how will they call on him whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? We need to send. They're are people who go and people who send. The organization that's sending me is called the Mission of Christ Network, and it's an organization that Ascension has been supporting with their mission uh, offerings. Uh, their mission statement is to boldly, intentionally, and faithfully make known the love, light, and peace of Jesus Christ by word and deed to those around the world. 
I'm going to go to the next slide here real quick. Whoop. 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 <laughs> okay, there we go. Mission of Christ Network has 47 mission, mission partners in 20 countries. There are two, over 2,000 weekly gospel proclamations through this uh, ministry. We have uh, two uh, uh, district presidents on our board. This uh, effort is all about gospel proclamations, getting the word of the gospel out. And it's not for pastors primarily. It's primarily for lay people. And some of the young people that are here today, if you're interested in finding out more about this opportunity, I know my... my uh, daughter was looking at an opportunity in Ecuador recently. Uh, this is uh, available on the back table. And so some young people, some older people, if this is something you might be interested long or short term, uh, there are wonderful opportunities. Pick one of these up, just take it with you, and find out more about, about these opportunities. And the way that this works in uh, the specific setting I'm going to, these are the, the places throughout the world where the Mission of Christ Network is currently serving, is a, a partnership. And there's a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregation in Hong Kong, and this is their pastor, Joel Shivey, and his wife, Iantha. And um, where it is, is the southeast part of China. And you see that uh, Hong Kong is that shaded area on the bottom right. Shenzhen is just above that. And it's probably the biggest city you've never heard of. Maybe you have heard of it. It's got 20 million people. Um, average age is less than 30 years old. And uh, it's called the home of made in China, China's Silicon Valley. One pastor described it as a city of dreams, but most of those dreams are broken. And another one said the need is in their hearts. These are people who need God, who need his comfort. A lot of people go there to, to uh, make it big, and they realize they failed. And there's shame. As far as Christianity in China goes, there's a lot of reasons to rejoice. There are 5.2% of the population are Christian, which is uh, over 70 million people, 70 million brothers and sisters in Christ in China. But the sad news is there are still 1.3 billion who are not, who still live in darkness, who need Christ. There's very few pastors. In Shenzhen, one, it's estimated one ordained pastor per 10,000 Christian. So there's a need when it says the, when Jesus said the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, is certainly true in China. There's a unique opportunity. This is the building uh, that is a uh, officially recognized Christian church in China. And the pastor of this church realized the need for English language services. And because of the connection with con the Concordia schools, there are a number of Concordia schools that have been established in China. And he knew that they came out of Hong Kong. He contacted the Lutheran pastor in Hong Kong. And through that connection, two sites of English language worship services have been established. They realize we have English language speaking people here in our city. We need to provide services for them. And so these are uh, nationally sanctioned worship settings. The first is Meilin in the central part of Shenzhen. This is a group in front of the church. Many of the Chinese are attending Christian church for the first time. They're, they're curious. They want to find out who is this Jesus and then this is the other location, Nanshan. I don't know if any of you know Emily Bev, Bev, Belvery. She's been here to Ascension before, maybe not on this campus, but at the other campus. Um, it's actually Pastor uh, uh, Scott, Scott's niece, his wife's niece. Her maiden name is Barr. And um, so that's her in front of the entrance to that location. It's west of Maylene and Shenzhen. 
This is a, a picture of uh, the worshiping community in Nanshan. I'm going to tell you a story real quick about a, a worshiper there named Mason. Mason grew up during the Cultural Revolution in China when communism was just cruelly changing the whole culture around. And uh, he literally saw his mother uh, abused by uh, soldiers and killed. And out of that, he just came out of this with no hope. He's like, what, what's the point? But he had an opportunity later to study in America. He came to America. He was placed with a Christian family. And it was through that connection, going to church with her, that he, with the, the, the mother of that household, that he became a Christian. And now, in worship at this site, he's there raising up his hands, which is very uncharacteristic in Chinese culture. Just so thankful to God for forgiving his sins and giving him new life, hope, and salvation. This is the story of Mason this location. God is changing hearts and lives. This is a Bible study in Maylene. Maylene. So what are the needs and opportunities? The greatest need is a simple, clear gospel proclamation to hear about Jesus and pastoral care. The need is in their hearts and discipleship. Many are first-generation Christian, and it's a great opportunity because many of the people coming from surrounding villages to this big city for, for opportunity will be eventually going back and bringing those who are discipled as Christians and be taking the gospel back with them to their families and other communities. So I invite you to continue to partner with me. As Ascension has partnered in the past, uh, I uh, ask that for your continued support. For prayer, I can't, recognize, I can't emphasize how important this is, and we'll be praying uh, here before in just a moment as we close. Pray for the people of China, the people I'll be working with, and there are spiritual forces at work. The Bible tells us our battle's not against flesh and blood. There's a lot, of, a lot of issues right now with China, a lot of saber rattling. But our battle's not against flesh and blood, ultimately. As Christians, we recognize there are spiritual forces at work, and we're going to pray against them. And your gifts make a difference. There are some way, different ways to give. Um, if, you, if you're, and this is, although this is addressed to all of you, it's specifically addressed to any of you that God may be placing this on your heart specifically, that, wow, I know many of you give to many other causes, and I don't want to uh, discourage from any of that, but if you are feeling like God's putting it on your heart to give, I, I'm talking to you. Um, these are some ways to, to give. Um, and, and there'll be more information from the church on how you can continue to support so finally, thank you very much for the opportunity to be with you today. And thank you again to Ascension for your generous support of Mission of Christ Network and this specific ministry uh, when em Emily was serving there in the past. She had to come back prior to COVID and actually literally had to leave with all their stuff in their apartment thinking they'd be able to go back. They haven't been able to go back. The young couple that had been in Shenzhen packed up all their stuff, sent it back uh, here in the States. And then that couple ended up having a, an infant and with COVID and everything, the way it was over there, they're like, we need to get back to our family. So that young couple who was serving those two, two congregations in Shenzhen has returned to Nebraska. And, and so they've been without uh, since October, since last October. The pastor in Hong Kong has been filling that uh, void by Zoom, Zoom uh, worship. But obviously they need a pastor on site. So let's bow our heads in prayer and uh, pray about those things that we just talked about. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity of being here to, today at Ascension in Wichita with your people. I thank you for them, Lord, and the generous hearts that you have given them. We continue to pray, Lord, that you would continue your work in our hearts, which you have begun, 
bring it to completion, Lord, on the day of Christ. Uh, continue to create and well up within us hearts of generosity and praise and thanks uh, because of all that you have done for us. And Lord, we come to you today uh, praying specifically for China and coming against those spiritual forces that are at work. Lord, you know what they are. Uh, you tell us about them in your word. Uh, but we, uh, as you have directed us, we come against those spiritual forces that are at work there. And we ask that you would rise up, Lord, and uh, bring down the spiritual forces that are keeping people in darkness, in spiritual darkness. And allow the light of your word to shine, Lord. Pour out your spirit upon this country uh, and our country as well. And let the light of your word and your truth, your salvation, be known there, Lord. And Lord, we also ask that you would raise up Christian leaders to go and to serve in these places. We pray for the, the native Chinese Christians, that you would raise up leaders from among them. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to accomplish the work that you have begun there. Uh, that, and we look forward to the day when we'll be with you and people of all nations and we'll be able to, to see that, Lord, these efforts have not been in vain, but you have accomplished the work of your hands. Lord, continue to be with us and bless us as we go forth. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Lang, for sharing the word with us and a little bit about the mission. Um, Thank at you. At this point, I invite the congregation to stand as he hustles over to the next service and uh, we join together.